Yo, what's up? This Flashy Tashy. Right about now, man, you on the Dad Bod Rap Pod. And I'm telling with the homies, man. Salute to all the, all the motherfuckers with the Dad Bods. <laughs> like me. Stony Island Audio. And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod. With your host, Timon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod rap pod. pod. Dan Bar Rap Pod, every week we talk to people who have moved and shaped hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in his Ferrari, we have <laughs> Tash from the Alcoholics. What's going on, man? Oh, man, salute, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm at the park right now, man. I was trying to get my exercise on, but you know, at my age, those sessions don't be lasting too long, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> I heard so that, man. Call. Get me out of there. I got a little trainer and everything over here. Okay, over here, the park over here. I don't know if y'all can see. Yeah, I was I was about to ask you where you where you mid uh mid workout. What what kind of stuff are you doing? Like cardio type stuff? Yeah, cause I I broke my back and then um I broke a bunch of shit, man. I, can I cuss on here? Or is it? Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. I know you said dad, but I don't want no kids be like, hey. yeah, <laughs> cussing ass dads. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I had a lot of injuries, so it's really like therapy kind of, but um, okay. it is what it is. All right, man. Well, um, thanks for, for making the time. We are doing a whole retrospective on the Alcoholics 21 and over album. It's an amazing album. We spent about 45 minutes talking about it. Wanted to get some of your insights. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys got together and, and how the album process started? You made an album for the, you talking about the 21 and over album, right? Yeah. Because in actuality, the I can answer both questions at once because the 21 and album album, I mean, I've been smoking, man. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of breath, man, for this workout stuff, man. Uh, us too, don't worry. Like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm happy I'm here. But anyway, uh, the whole thing is that the, the 21 and over album was really our, it was, it was like our demo but we did the demo on shitty equipment, so it was kind of like Loud gave us this money to do his album, and then we just went to the studio, just redid, you know, like songs that we had. But then okay. we, we 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 made some magic though too because uh, the loop pack, you know, Madlib, mm-hmm. Crackerjack, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Wongs, they was there, you know, helping us work on it so that they throw a beat up, you know, it would be brand new, you know what I'm saying? And we um, we have more songs that we added, but we we. When I listened to it, I was like, man, it's our demo money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I, yeah. Like, we, we took loud money for the, the studio sessions and just turned them into big, like, alcoholic listening parties and shit, you know? And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a wild time in L.A. And, um, you know, we just had fun making it, man. We just trying to get our minds off of, like, the riots, and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that was going on with the gangs. And, you know, we, cause we, we came into the game with King T. So, you know, we was around, like, the... The hardest of criminals to the surfer white boys on Venice Beach and you know what I mean, in Santa Monica and all that. 
So we was exposed to everybody. You know, the, the, the album they say is a classic album, and I trip off of it because that was the easiest album to make to me, you know. Mm. You know, it was it was a piece of cake. Then all the rest of them after that, man, I was sweating like, oh shit, we gotta make that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta top that. Okay, well, you know, but I mean, all uh, in all, man, the, the world enjoyed it. So, you know, I'm just, you know, happy to be a part of hip hop history, I guess. You know? Awesome, man. Thank you for that. Um, you mentioned King T, and obviously he's he was important to the formation of you guys and um just the history before even the making of the album. Can you talk a little bit about his importance and his role? I mean, I tell I tell people all the time, like you ever heard that song? Y'all must have forgot about Dre. Everybody wanted to do this and all that shit. That's really King T. They should have made that song about King T because when I met King T, he was like a superstar to everybody. You know what I mean? To all of us and everything. Like he, um, like he had a, he had a record deal. Like that was unheard of at the time. Having a, he was on Capitol, a major label, pumping rap music and all this, and it's fresh off of Ice T and. You know, the gangsters was coming through the door and all this. And, you know, I just know that he he opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. And he don't get the recognition that he, um, actually, the city of Inglewood gave him a key to the city yesterday. So, you know, oh, wow. like, or something. I didn't even know. He, I don't know what it was. They gave him a big, so they gave casual from, 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 uh, the, the, the Souls of Mystic one, too. I was like, <laughs> Inglewood? What kind of. Huh? Inglewood <laughs> gave Casual a key to the city. Yeah, I see you the clip. King T put it on his IG. <laughs> I'm like, what Casual come from? He ain't a... like, man, if I don't get my award, man, I'm about to go off in here, man. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> but, hilarious. But you know, shout out to Casual too. You know, I look at that. That's my Absolutely. boy. Absolutely. Um, I think kind of along the same lines. Um, and Arabian I, Prince, just in case they see this, man, I mean to cut you off. Arabian Prince from Count the Most Money. I mean okay. from NWA days. Sure. He got one too. So that's wow. Cool. wow. Someone cool it is, is on Inglewood City Council. We're gonna figure this out. <laughs> yeah, just read it. Just say hip hop 50th anniversary awards. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about E Swift. Um, we listened to the album a bunch um while we were doing the research for this episode, and I just feel like his beats were super hard. Um, they're not they're not the most complex, but there's a lot of different ideas in each one. They're funky, they're fun, they're party music, they're boom bap. Like, just talk about E Swift and his role as the backbone of the sound. I mean, cousin Swift, he um, I mean, since we was little kids, man, he's always been like the he's always been like when it comes to that when it when it comes to the technical, like whatever technology is out at the time, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is at the time. I mean, from the early 80s till now, he always is ahead of the curve when it comes to like beat machines and all this before that it was uh video games and you know all this stuff but he's self-taught man that's what was most impressive about him to me I, I sat there and watched him create all this you know his style as a producer and everything like he, he was basically um he was DJing and stuff before I was rapping so I used to carry his crates and shit like when I was in high school my senior year I ended up moving in with him and his dad Rob and everything, so that was like my extended family. That's why we always say, you know, my cousin E. Swift and everything. And plus, we both from Ohio. You know, that's the home of the funk. So he had the funk already in in his bones when he came to California. Me too. You know, it was a trip because when I started when I first started rapping, that's all I rapped over was funk from Ohio. You know, like this and that. But that really the the song that got me really rapping was the um Biz Marquee, rest in peace. Um, the nobody beats the Biz beat is when I sat down and wrote my first 
rap to that beat, you know what I mean? And I told oh. Biz before he died that that's the reason I'm a rapper, because that beat, wow. for some reason, blew me away. And then I used to rap at these house parties with East Swift, and that's how it all started. But East Swift, when I got, I was saying, like, basically, man, when, when you self-taught and everything, you kind of create a style. And like I said, me and him being from Ohio, man, he had a phone, man. And, and I just think he another one that's really slept on, you know? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. People say I'll get stepped on too, man, and this and that, but people tell me I'm dope every day, and I appreciate it, man. It's like a love thing to me, so I never feel slept on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, every day people give me compliments, and I'll be like, wow, man, thank you, and this and that. You know, that made me feel good out here, these, you know, wherever I'm at. Yeah, man. Um, we, I mean, the, the album is amazing. The, the party vibe of 21 and over really comes through and this was even before I could drink I was like man it, it sounds like drinking is fun um how much <laughs> how much of that was kind of drawn from y'all everyday experiences like I really got the sense on the album like these cats kick it they drink brew and they they rap was, a lot it was it was our life on wax though that's all it was <laughs> I lied to you all this shit was like we trying to Looking for the homies that I mean, looking for the fools that jump on homie Dante and all that. Yeah, <laughs> all the beer stories and the iced tea, the balcony club, and all that. Everything we said on the album was our real life, man. Like we had a we had a storage closet that was in the studio that we was at. It was called Forty Two the Head. We were the dude that was the engineer. When we first got there. All we did was drink forties back then. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so his name was Fred. So we st he started drinking 40s with us and shit. He the engineer supposed to be at work. He over there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we started calling him 42 the head Fred. <laughs> so so 42 the head, he didn't care if people came in, you know, because all we wanted to do really, it ended up turning into parties and shit. But what we wanted people to do was hear it before it came out and see what they thought about it. So we was inviting, you know, King T and all the homies one night. Then it'd be all girls the next night. Then it'd be, you know, um, our significant others or whatever the hell, you know, our family members and all this the next night. It was just, you know, it was just, it was just so relaxed. Doing the album, I think it came through with the music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we didn't care what L.A. was on, like, with the, it was real violent back then, you know, real, like, uh, heavy gangster, gangster rap was, it still does rule L.A., you know, but, um, like, back then, we was the only group that, that, was hanging around these dudes every day, but said, we don't want to be nothing like y'all. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, mm. We, was, we was like, y'all should come hang out at some alcoholic parties. Meet some white girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all the beer you want. It's free. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Then they started doing it. And when they started doing it, then all of a sudden, all, half the crowd is all the, all the gangsters that came to just because they just want to get away from, you know, um, whatever they do, man. You know, um, yeah, we had a lot of, lot of, um, Great time. We just did a, a 30th anniversary show with the Far Side and with the Souls oh. of Michigan last Sunday. And that shit was sold out downtown LA at the Novo. Nice. And it was um it was incredible. King T, uh hella it was a lot of old school rappers there. I, couldn't, I ain't seen it since the old school shit. <laughs> like right. Tone Lope. Tone Lope was in the I mean, hey. you know, uh Threat. That's on the you know, Threat. Yeah. That's on the, yeah. On the Alcoholics album, and you know, he was there. Um, Cracker Jack, Luke Pack, DJ Rones, all them did WLIX and stuff. Man, that that that's super super dope. Glad to see cats is still doing it in in your day, and I know it's different now for all of us. I think we're all past our forties era, 
But in your day, what was your 40 of choice? What what brand would you rock with? <laughs> oh, that's a no-brainer. It goes two ways. Okay, my 40 of choice was Old English. Hey. But my favorite beer 40 was St. Ives because KC had the sponsorship. <laughs> oh, that's so right. We used to do the commercials and shit. Like, if you look at the St. Ives commercials, I'm in some right. of them with KC. But he used to do the shit. And they used to really, literally, like, okay, like, y'all got 7-Elevens out there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. like say a 7-Eleven, like if they order in beer, 7-Eleven orders some beer and they got this big ass beer truck that comes and the guy comes down with the crank with the little dolly and all this and everything. King T and East Swift lived together and they used to drop the beer off at their house like that. So our whole wall, you might as well say my wall too, because I live there. Once they dropped the beer off, I was there. It was like the whole wall <laughs> and it was the studio too, the, part, the private studio, but the whole wall was full of cases, man. So... It was like every time we run out, KT just called and be like, hey, we out. And they'd be right, you know what I'm saying? Come through, we like 18 year old real alcoholics, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like we just get fucked up all day. So that's what we did, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, um, I wasn't racing for nothing. It was the best times of my life, you know. Um, a lot of the awesome. memories I have are, are very alcohol influenced, you know what I'm saying? And this and that. But, you know, I stopped drinking three years ago. So, you know, basically, you know, I'm I'm a I'm refurbished. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's awesome to hear as well. Um uh getting back to the album a little bit, you mentioned um Loop Pack and um they're featured on Turn the Party Out, and I believe they produced Mary Jane, a cut that I liked that was uh spoken about on, on this um retrospective. But um yep. Talk, talk a little bit about how you guys met and how how was Madlib back then? How did he strike you? Madlib was I, I it was a trip because I met I met um Cracker Jack first and then Cracker Jack he had told me about Madlib and he told me he had this group and he told me this and told me this, this was way before the alcoholics, you know what I'm saying? I think it was the I, I, wait, wait. Let me get it right. Okay, I got a bag came out with King T, then like they they lived in this place where uh like Anderson Pack and all them was from like Oxnard right so there was all the neighbors out there so the, I used to drive from L A to go you know kick it with Cracker Jack kick it with Madlib you know met his pops a couple times and this and that and then when we started working on the album they started coming our way I said man Swift you gotta meet this dude man this dude named Madlib I said man he fucking with you like he up there with you like you gotta hear this dude and I really pushed for Madlib to um me Swift and then once Swift met Madlib he knew he was like dude this is a once of a because he's a producer so he knows like Madlib I think is self-taught also on how to you know create his own sound and all that good stuff but Madlib was the same way he is now he's real quiet and this and that I took I took we I mean not me but we took Madlib Exhibit Feel the Agony and all them on our first tour with us you know what I'm saying I can't get them dudes on the phone for nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, I'm just putting it out there that it, it really, it kind of started all the, you know, with these guys over here. But, you know, um, I love them to death, man. The whole li li Liquid Crew is a, a big part of my life, you know? That's uh, so interesting to hear. Thank you. Um, you said you had a chance to perform some of the album at an anniversary show. What songs still go off or what songs are still part of your guys' live experience even now, 30 years later? Nah, that's what we did. We did the whole album. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. In order, like the order, like it come out the liquid, did it go to the last call? Did it go wow. Just like the album do, 
that was the first time we ever did that too, because it was a 30 year anniversary. So yeah, we're like, that's let's dope. do the whole album. And then we did the whole album, didn't realize how short that motherfucker was. Then we yeah. Like, <laughs> we got to do other songs, damn, and all this other shit. We're like, damn, the album was short. Because like Mad Lib was gonna be there, but he didn't come. So we had to, you know, some people had to shut it, shorten it up. And you know, um, it was dope though, man. It was like how we did it was real dope. If you're an alcoholic fan, you like that album, you heard every <laughs> every bit of it. That's amazing. And it wasn't That's like so cool. the, you know how the rappers be like uh rapping over the words and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't like we just let the album play. We was rapping it live over the That's dope. instrumental. He swift had to go back and make instrumentals all uh, the ones that wasn't singles and shit. Yeah, I'm like from gap tapes, like that's yeah, wow. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He did it somehow. I think they got a machine or some kind of app or some shit that you can just make an instrumental or anything now. Like it's some crazy technology. It is, man. It's been a crazy 30 years. Does that how does that feel to you? Kind of looking up and you saying this was y'all demo. Um, and one of the funnest records to put together, and then you look up, and it's like thirty years later. How how does it how does it feel to you and people's response to the record? Ah man, it's it's number it, it, that it really humbles me. You know what I'm saying? Because I know it's a million MCs, and it's probably gonna be another million this year, and this and that. People come and go, and all that shit. Just to be able to you know leave something here for my kids. My kids was at the concert the other night. That's dope. The I was before they was born. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> My kids were in their 20s, but they wasn't born when 21 and over came out. So, you know, you know, they're adults now. So it's like, you know, it, it just it just feels good that people recognize what we was trying to do. Cause we really we, we didn't know what to expect because we're coming out of Los Angeles, California, and we had the most non-LA sound at the time. That mm. you know, like the most opposite of what LA was really messing with. And we wrote the dice, we took a chance because we cause what my eyes have seen, because I'm a good writer, I could write good. So it's like, whatever, you know, I, I've been through enough stuff that I can write some gangster rap if y'all want to get on it like that, you know what I'm saying? But right. they're, like, nah. they're like, nah, just just leave that alone and just, you know, you got something. And I, I see that what really made the work, the 21 and album, 21 and over album work is the uh, the opposites of track, man. It's like me and J-Roll, we so different and opposite of each other, even in real life, you know what I'm saying? And this and that. I just think that that was the fun part of it because I, I see a lot of groups and stuff that, you know, like if one is in the group, then the other one kind of mind you, the guy in the group. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like, like EPMD. EPMD kind of mind me, but like, I mean, <laughs> remind me of each other. You understand? That's effects kind of mind me of like mm -hmm. Onyx. Onyx kind of mind me of uh -huh. like. I just think that J Row being so laid back and Pacoim it out. <laughs> I think he's so Pacoim it out that he just, um, you know, he just created his own lane. I just went over here and created my own lane and it came together for the records. You know? Yeah, um, it, it definitely came together. But to answer your question, I blinked though. I, I think I think that nobody, if you're not looking for something like saying, "Wow, I wonder what this is going to be like in 30 years," and every day you're just waiting for the, the you know what I mean. I th it's like I was talking to Steve Rifkin the day before yesterday, and he called me and he was asking me, he's like, dude, do you remember when y'all came to the office for the first time and all this and all that? And I told him, nah, man, I drink a lot, man. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, I remember, you know, but he was he was basically saying the same thing. He was like, because when, when, when Loud Records, has, when it first started, like they didn't really show it like in the movie, the Wu-Tang movie or something like that. Like Loud Records started out 
Like, we was technically, they, they keep calling us the first group, but we wasn't the first group on loud. It was Twister, and it was a group called Mad Cat. We was the first mm. one to make noise is what happened. Yeah. I don't even think Twister put out a song on loud because he was mad, I heard. He went up there, and he signed with loud. Then he realized it was a shitty deal, so he went back up there and said, unsign me. <laughs> that shit didn't work. So I don't know what happened with Twister, but he, he, I know he's glad he made that move. But Loud went on to be powerful from us on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I remember when Loud just had like three little, like a little office or Melrose or some shit. And it was like three little cubicles. And then Steve Ripken was in one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then everybody else was standing up. Like it wasn't, it, it was like real small when we first started it. Yeah, the the house that the alcoholics built, man. Um, hey, I, I really appreciate you making the time, taking taking time away from your workout to come uh, chat with us, man. Just thank you so much. We love the album. Yeah, uh, so I, so I appreciate it. Y'all got to send me a copy of this too, man. And shout out to everybody that, that that supported the alcoholics all these years. It's been a whirlwind. It's been nothing but love, peace, and hair grease. Like, those, you know what I mean? It's, it's been fun, man. So appreciate y'all. Peace. The rear cause I'm making yates. The rhymes ain't no thicker than a skin on grapes. A lot of girls will like to thank me for the hanky panky on the mic. I hold the belt now, I know no one can spank me. It took a long time for the people to hear my rhyme. Seems like I've been rapping since my birth of 69. Sorry to keep you waiting. I run rhymes like Walter Payton. I get around like spokes on a date. But I won't knock off because I just rock off the beast to get funky. Like when you take your sock off to all the white folks, I would like to say howdy. And to all my brothers, I said, please quit acting rowdy. Black them season 92. Ooh. You need to take the rest of public, don't you ain't the best, it's softer than a hooker's chest raps. I make them, snaps, I make them, but do these moving booties cause I shake, shake, shake them. And I got rhymes, funky, funky rhymes. Dad bod, rap pod. We are back. We've done some drinking. Not so, <laughs> not, not so much together. Um... I well, we we make up for it when we get together. Though. We 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 do we do. I know you, it, uh, Dave Ma, one third of your hosts over here. Um, as soon as I said drinking, he said, "Let me chime in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my exploits here." Um, Dave and Nate had a a drinking era, and it's always funny to see pictures of you guys from the <laughs> drinking era. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know you guys. Um, and then uh, Dave, me and you have been. Uh, drinking a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, once a month, our once a month meetup. Once a month meetup. Um, try to get Damone to kick it past one thirty <laughs> p.m. <laughs> uh, um, always fun though. Always fun. I mean, I always wake up feeling like a degenerate, but um, yeah, it's fucking fun. I'm an alcoholic and not part of the liquid crew. If you know what I mean? Uh, D Swift over here. Um, so <laughs> so uh, we are gathered here today to talk about uh, an album by a group that, you know, is maybe maybe a little bit under-discussed. We'll see what y'all think once we dissect this album, but 21 Over by The Alcoholics, their debut album, Came out in the glorious year of 1993. Nate, how close were you to your first sip of alcohol in 93? Uh, I had had my first sip God of damn alcohol it. when I, I had my fir- my parents uh, let me <laughs> shout out to Bob have a little bit of wine with Euro, ice in it when Euro I was style. eight years old. OK, so I had definitely had some alcohol by that point. And then the first time I really got drunk was probably 94. Five. Okay. Um, we had a house party at my friend's Chrissy's 
parents house when they went out of town and things got out of hand uh we were in ju- we were in junior high or i guess going into high school but yeah are you serious yeah, in 95 yeah. yeah wow yeah so uh in in between i would have little i would like have little sips here and there but i didn't really get drunk until i was 15 i think okay yeah okay so at 13 i was definitely conversant in alcoholic topics um, a lot of i come from a partying family and it was just always expected that i would become go into the part of it the footsteps know? so we have dave the alcoholic and we have nate the delinquent <laughs> <laughs> um, not sure where that leads me when did i have my first sip of alcohol prohibition like yeah exactly i'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding prohibition <laughs> had some um, absinthe <laughs> uh i had some horrible beer probably it, it was maybe i was 20 like really? I really like yeah. first time, first time. Oh yeah. wow! Oh, you yeah. strict parents. You did not drink in high school. I did not drink at all in high school. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Thought it was thought it was lame. Thought I was better than those people, and I am, but not because <laughs> I didn't drink. Right, right, <laughs> right. I might have drank the most. No, I definitely drank the most in college, but I drank a lot in high school. Yeah, you did your your undergraduate studies. <laughs> uh, uh, it's interesting that you say in '95. So were you like listening to the Alcoholics at that time? I'm sure no? I was. Yeah, totally. yeah, 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 yeah. That was their their second album, Coast to coast was out in 95 but we're here to talk about 21 and over this is part of our 1993 retrospective series so many dope interesting albums came out in 1993 and this is definitely uh one of the more interesting ones the alcoholics are a largely transplant crew i think uh east swift and j row are from ohio oh wow Mm. uh Mm. and combined with tash they uh they had this collective that was really the first to lean into the, I don't know what you want to call it, the drunk aesthetic. <laughs> um, I mean, people had talked about drinking before right. this. But but to theme the whole crew around Totally. It. And, right. and th- they stay on theme. <laughs> <laughs> they do not deviate from it's the just theme. One th- we're going to get into stuff like this, but one thing I noticed is like how much they talk about peeing. Right. Yeah, right. that's how you know they're real, though, because, yeah. like, don't don't let these kids these days say they're drinking this and drinking right. that. They I don't never know what talk happens about going to, your to the pee bathroom with Xanax, but yeah. it's not <laughs> what happened to the alcoholics, which is they just have to, like, urgently piss constantly. Yeah, those are really, drinkers. really work it into the, the songs. I, I think if you're from the 40 era, I think that's underrated. Totally. These totally. Days. If you drink 40 ounces of malt liquor, Dude, you're if you drink 40 ounces of water. That's just like a lot of liquid to be putting in your body. Totally. Yes. And that's why they were the liquid crew. Um, <laughs> it's. So, yeah, they built the this whole aesthetic around drinking, which is really interesting in the sense that they toured a lot of colleges. Um, and they eventually had to change their name to The Licks because they got blowback at colleges for... Is that uh, why that happened? Mm-hmm. Really? I thought when they officially changed the moniker, it's because one of the guys had left the crew. And, like, the business entity of the alcoholics had to be retired, and The Licks was the new group with only two of the guys. Uh Possibly, I remember there was a backlash that they were promoting drinking on college campuses. So gotcha. They, I, and, and, and I, I uh, it's much better for them to go to college campuses and promote licking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, get your HPV vaccines, kids. So, uh, 20, 21 and over. I'm gonna pose some questions to y'all. We're gonna Please. see how you guys feel about the record. Um, let's start with your fave, Nate. What's your your fave? Let's go one or two. Favorite joints off of uh, 21 and over? Yeah, no, uh, my joint for sure is Make Room. I knock them, knock them out the park when other rappers are hitting butts. I'm a target, not a fog. I step on runs and don't do stunts. I got soul power, never took a cold shower, never had a girlfriend the color of cooking flour. You can call me sleazy because my rhymes are kind of greasy. 
yeah, I, I love, mm. love that's that that a cool song. cut. Um, such a great track. Um, yeah, I just think um, this is probably one of the Alcoholics' best songs, and uh, it's very odd where it's placed in the album. We'll talk about the sequencing a little bit later, but um, it, this is a pretty short album for its time. Yeah, it's it's ten tracks, a relatively yep. brief ten tracks, and there's there's a couple of bangers, and this is certainly one of them. Yeah, um, I just love um, like E Swift is a great producer. I had mm-hmm. fun yeah. this week listening to this album and just being like. This is so rock solid and so ungimmicky. Right. And it's not yeah. show-offy. It just has these great loops and breaks. There's skull snaps. There's a lot of other right. like, kind of noticeable uh, drum sounds. Mm-hmm. They're not doing too much. Right. Uh, but Make Room is the jam. And um, you guys know I love choruses where it sounds like everyone got in the booth together and yeah. yelled. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, that, that's always been my cut from Can't this. Can't go wrong I, with I, that. I love that song. So that's definitely that's my absolutely. jam. Yeah. Dave, was that yours as well? No. My cut is um, Last Call. <laughs> Um, which yeah. is which strangely should have been the last song on the album if we're talking about wouldn't, se- you, wouldn't you think <laughs> if we're talking about sequencing okay wise. okay um but i Fair. um i just just re-listening to it again this week um just reminded me of how much i liked it i mean it it's you know there's like a little dialogue in the background yeah. it like sounds like a party yeah uh, dave uh, as a bar- as a bartender is like i would never serve this guy his last drink <laughs> that's, that's the little skit in the beginning totally. right he's like hey man let me get one more i'll jump back this motherfucker and make it myself it's yeah. like you're out of here bro totally get the fuck out of here dude yeah totally um love that song um the placement in in the album kind of is weird but yeah Okay. But also in terms of like just the pacing, um, I think makes sense. You know, if it were called if it were called anything else besides the last call, right? Um, but besides that, um, that's my cut. Um, but you know, I think it speaks to the strength of the album as a whole. I mean, for just being like ten songs or something, super concise, yeah. and all kind of samesies in in like the best way possible. Yeah, they they Consistent. stuck to a theme. Yeah. They stuck to a theme and and kind of a sound to me and, and like a song length and a yeah. ge- guest yeah. palette and yeah. like everything is very concise and cohesive. It's it's a brew, if you will. Um, <laughs> I, I I I'm sure I have more alcohol related puns. Just stay with us, folks. Um, my my jam would also be make room, but if okay. I had to have another jam, what if you made room for like a different song? <laughs> you know what? Only when I'm drunk. Uh, uh, what's up, man? Get up, man. Get up, boss, man. Get up, oh, man. Hey, All right, I'll try. I get drunk and I stumble to the phone and conjure up a bitch to bone when I'm alone. Bullshit, I told back I need to take a piss. Only when I'm drunk I sing a song like this. My grandma and your grandma sitting by the fire. Hold on, turn the beat off. Uh, <laughs> only when I'm drunk to me is the best song, especially J Rose first verse, that sounds like somebody drunk doing it so the song starts where they're trying to like he's, wait. he's acting yeah he's acting right, yeah. But, right. but he's doing it in a way of like he's fucking got gas he's like belching during right. the thing he's <laughs> like on the verge of throwing up and it really kind of brings home that fun feeling that we all chase for some reason <laughs> totally uh, not nate he's smart uh, of like being on the verge of like puking but also trying to kind of like do a thing and your homies are goading you on and so 
Only when I'm drunk, especially because it has that uh, iconic sample. Dude, that that uh, bass line, it's credited in the liner notes, so I don't mind saying it's from the whole darn family, and there are many classic hip-hop songs based on Right, it. right. Uh, yeah. The song is Seven Minutes of Funk. It's, it's one of the most iconic bass lines in the history of the world, and yeah. they, they sound great over it. I'm actually kind of surprised that that song has not been used in a montage in a movie or a yeah. show, because it's... It, yeah. And another thought I had about that song, which I was really fun to revisit, uh, hearing this again is it's kind of almost like a novelty song mm-hmm. yeah a little mm-hmm. a little bit i little mean bit, yeah. i mean it's what i took away from this album is that the licks had a lot in common with the far side in oh, the yeah. sense that they were trying to project fun um mm-hmm. at this point yeah at this point yeah. like um it's it's not it's more comedic than it is tough guy yeah, um, right there's so little tough guy posturing on this totally yeah. there's a totally. bit in the kind of like the battley Right. Rhymes, like we'll, we'll fuck you up kind of but like will they yeah <laughs> totally well i mean you you want to hang out with the fun alcoholic not the surly one totally you know what i mean not, yeah. the, not the angry alcoholic. yeah yeah, no, yeah. That's, not, that's not the hi my name is <laughs> <laughs> and i'm an alcoholic um <laughs> all right jam for the normies I'll, I'll just throw it out will we say make room is that a consensus? Uh, if you had to turn uh, somebody onto it, Nate, uh, would you say Make Room? Sure. Yeah, great song. Uh, the opening track, Liquid, is also a really, yeah, really, really great say. rap song. King and yeah. they sound so great with King T. Um, they debuted a year earlier um, yeah. on King T's... Uh, Trifling album? Song. It's, uh, it is on the Trifling album, and it is the song Got It Bad, y'all, which yes. is one of my oh favorite Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes songs. I almost think of it as an alcoholic song. Well, uh, it's actually funny. I had to go back and look. I have the 12 inches for both songs, and I'm like, did they use this King T song on their old, old their their own album? How did this work with label politics? And then yeah. it's a different song, Yeah, um, <laughs> which is funny. But I actually think my if I was going to do a jam for the normies, um, it would be only when I'm drunk. Because it's like so universal. We've all been there, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, totally. It's like here, listen to this kind of funny, very loose, good rap song, but yeah. like also yeah. like super approachable for a normal person. I don't uh, make room is like the jam though. It is the jam, and it's it's it that still gets on burned. like uh, NBA playoffs. Interstellar. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. Uh, throwback radio still fucks with with make room. Um, as a quick side note, make room and what was the single? It was Make Room and Last Call, and I remember that single coming out and being like there being a pre-hype for the album because they kind of hit it out the park with their whole concept, yeah. mm. having such a uh, an up-tempo jam. Dave, what would be your, your jam for the normies if you're trying to turn somebody on to the alcoholic? I was going to say, and I only thought of this early. I mean, I was going to say uh, just off top it would just be Last Call because it's okay. my favorite. Yeah. But uh, revisiting this recently, I was going to say maybe Mary Jane. Mary Jane, you're always in my brain and you help me ease the pain. Cause when you're not around, I just don't feel the same. I can't be your one and only, but I okay. know you're not. Because okay. it's, uh, it's their one kind of weed song, too, as well. What, you they're know? trying to be weedaholics, too, now? <laughs> Pick a lane, fellas. Pick a lane. Uh, if you listen through the whole album, J-Row in particular um, kind of keeps the weed references front and center. Like, He's like, oh, I used to sell weed. Like, he always kind of works in a, a weed reference. I um, believe their current iteration is, like, the Weedaholics or something. Oh, like really? I believe some of them have gotten sober. 
and they still right. have Soberholics? to tour and stuff. How about so California I, I, Soberholics? They've gotten California right. Sober. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't like super keep up with the alcoholics' current like booking policies, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing something where they they have more shifted to like a weed act at this well, point. Well, and kind of going back to the thing about catching flack for um, like promoting alcoholism, which doesn't necessarily have the same burn. At this time, it was more, it just seemed more fun. They right? totally do, though. Huh? They kind of do promote alcoholism. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but oh, yeah. it, in 93, that wasn't, nobody looked view Wisconsin at you for promoting alcoholism. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Except they're, for the provost of certain conservative colleges, apparently. Exactly, but they're drinking too. Um, what are your, your skips, Dave? You have skips on this record? Honestly, on this, not really. And and I think it speaks to its, um, you know, being super concise and just, you know, packed in. Um I think um, uh, just the way that like there's that tie into King T, so that you know automatically I'm gonna like two cuts off of it. Yeah. We, we we already brought up like four, and that just leaves yeah. like another like handful, and they're all good too. I mean seriously, um, this doesn't you know pack the punch of like a ten songs from Illmatic, right? right, right but right, right, in right. terms of just concise sequencing and just you know um, how I would rate the songs in terms of likability. Um, I kind of like them all. Okay. I kind of like okay. them all. He's taking the 10-pack. Yeah. Nate? I, I have a slightly different take, which is that the jams, which I would call Liquid, Only When I'm Drunk, Make Room, and a couple of others are really, really strong. And just for me at this point in my life, as you've pointed out, Damone, I don't really drink anymore. And like the it, it was a little wearisome to constantly be hearing the same <laughs> set of references like we've talked about this like when people have like a a religious song i'm like that's not really my favorite song they're all kind of drinking songs so i'm kind of like i'm kind of cool yeah i'm kind of i've kind of heard about the peeing the the different kinds of beer (laughs) the like all that stuff but all that said and i do think it's a very concise very good album i think actually think we'll talk about it later i think it's it's really solid it's a very good record i actually Absolutely. really thought i owned this record on vinyl and have discovered that i don't oh, so no i need to fix that um i have the other two i have liquidation and coast to coast and i either have it misfiled or in a different thing or i don't have it but that's for another time um i actually think mary jane is kind of not that good of a weed song really and it's funny yeah, because I guess you're right. I it's guess produced you're right. by madlib yeah, yeah. Um, Mary it's credited to the loot pack, but we all know who that is. Right, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like Mary Jane is. You know, it's like a, what is it? Winds above replacement weed song. Right. Like, like yeah. It's, 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 it's not right as good there. as like the Far Side, the Pipe, of course, of course, or like other or Cypress other, Hill or right. any Cypress Hill song. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the main Cypress Hill songs. I think um, it doesn't really evoke the atmosphere of feeling stoned, and it's it's ten songs in a row that make you feel like you're drunk. Okay. 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 That's true. That's true. But it is like the most sort of um, withdrawn song, I think. Yes. So which um, speaks it's not to, a bad song. Which speaks to, to it weed. being a yeah. weed song, yeah. right? Yeah. Catch totally. me in the corner, not speaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my motto. If if I had to uh, do a skip, it would be the song Soda Pop. It's it's yeah. okay. See what um, happens when they try to do one about not drinking. Exactly. I'm not here for. Uh, I'm not Soda here Pop for. for uh, they might blow up, but they won't Soda Pop. <laughs> teetotaling beverages. Well, there's always. I found in this time, and let's call it 91 to 94, or maybe a little bit after that, there's going to be some, like, solid uh, early 90s fillers. And so Soda Pop clearly falls in that. There's a feature on there. I don't quite know who it is. It's somebody who hasn't um, necessarily has much cachet in this day and age, kind of felt like a homie. It's, it's, uh, he's credited as Field Trip. That's there, a, that's a weed carrier-ass name. Absolutely. Uh, Field Trip comes his, his through His name it. is, like, 
Fred Timmons or something. They're like, uh, field trip. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to Planet Nine, apparently. Um, yeah, I feel like that that one is just kind of it's it's a '90s filler cut from a group that was on Loud. I feel right. like they the the whole sound texture of it just kind of feels like a, a you know chill college radio track and so they had to get to 10 songs this kind of feels like one of those where we had to get to 10 songs so are you guys dissing Mary Jane right now? <laughs> 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 I did a little I did a little I'm in love with her she's <laughs> my main squeeze I, I have to say if they could afford or went in that direction it's tough to live up to the Rick James song Mary Jane totally which is like so evokes the feeling of being stoned and is one of the great soul songs of right. all yeah, time right, and right. therefore one of the best songs of all time and maybe if it had just been called like weed or, right. like, or you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's, I, it's I'm like I, I I like a little do 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 would have like went really good in this song and it's not there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's it's very strange in that sense that yeah. it is called I'm, Mary Jane. I'm, I'm nitpicking. I think all of these yeah. songs are pretty good. I actually think this is like a rock solid album. Totally. Yeah. yeah totally. There's there's nothing terrible. Um, let's talk a little bit about Turn the Party Out, which is uh their collaboration with Loot Pack. Yeah. The I got a kid, they call the loop tack, and they can get crazy fresh off, crazy fresh off, my man Jack is about to get fresh off. Check the flavor, here's a rootin' tootin' hydraulic trooper, the alcoholic grouper in the house and when I bust Which is the first time that uh, we hear uh, Mad Lib Wild Child um, on a record, so it's like the... The I'm not, a, I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent on a major label on a major label record. On a it's major a, it's label a first record. big they placement for them. Yeah, they have been, they had been uh, Mad Lib through his dad had been putting out stuff before this, but they got the attention of Tash, um, which is so dope that the licks are kind of like this bridge crew, right? Like they come out of King T's right. camp. King T puts them on. They turn around and in turn uh, put on the loop pack, which, you know, spawns one of the greatest producers of all time. Like, it's just so interesting that um, there's these connections. But even this song, you can hear a young Mad Lib uh, being Mad Lib. And I always yeah. think that's dope. Like when people are maybe not fully formed, but you could see the kernels of what was to become kind of his rap style and his approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a great wild child verse. And yeah, like, I've been yeah. like a big fan of wild child since we talked to him and I would just really, and ever since <laughs> we talked to wild child, uh, like last year or something, I've, I've been listening to his music in a different way. Cause we had a chance to talk to him. He mm-hmm. sounds young. He sounds hungry. Yeah. Um, and you can tell they wrote and recorded this together because the next verse totally picks up right where he left off. Mm. And I love that kind of stuff. That is so rare these days. Yeah. It's just oh, like that. That is that. one of those things we left behind when we right. stopped recording in studios and just emailing tracks yeah, and stuff like that. Totally. So I, I think it's super dope. I was actually surprised reading the credits. Um, because Spotify, the credits are all, they're terrible on this. It only credits King T for his verse on the first song. It doesn't But not credit, the other one, right? Yeah. yeah it doesn't credit totally. any of the, it doesn't credit our homie Field Trip. Yeah, It exactly. doesn't credit um, the loop <laughs> he pack. Didn't, he didn't get his permission slip signed? Or what happened? <laughs> 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 Perfect. No chaperones. Um, yeah, he didn't have 10 bucks. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it, it is a good song, and it's uh, the birth of a dynasty in many ways. And yep. um, I, d- I do love that stuff about lineage, especially in the L.A. groups. Totally, totally. And the, very and, direct. And the whole orbiting of um, even um, Exhibit, too, due to uh, yes. King T and to the crew. I mean, yes. uh, they, they have so much sort of, like, understated history, you know, and these dudes made, like, one of the most funnest, enjoyable albums of 93 in a y- 
heavy, heavy hitting year. year. Totally. Yeah. And and I will say, like Mad Lib's young, he's still like doing things kind of like air quotes you can't see normal, but he's not better than E Swift at this point. No, which I think is no. interesting given their their now uh, legacies. Yeah, it's 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 a baton moment in the sense that you um, you get a group who's passing on to a younger generation, right? And so now Loop Pack, you know, kind of goes on to do their thing, and I feel like L.A. is more of a crucible for that type of thing. I think that's where you're going with it. Um, for these kind of cross pollinations, the idea that you have to put somebody on. But I was just thinking about this. Without the licks, do we even know about an Oxnard? Like, right. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's, mm. the, it's these moments that um, are super dope, and it's it's a cool song. Another song that's well, on hold on one more thing before we move on. Um, there's a Magic Johnson line on this song that is not about AIDS. It's oh, pre. wow. Because yeah. it's pre. It's no? not. No, no man, that not. was 92. Okay. So uh, that's why I think it's cool. It's, 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 it's like he gets more assists than magic. I'm okay. Like, I'm like, just thinking about this in historical context, I'm like, the lazy line would have been something about AIDS. And yeah, there are right, so right. many rap lines. I would like to know when situation. it was recorded, though. I mean, if it was maybe recorded in 92 before Magic's announcement. That's possible. You That's know? certainly possible. I don't know anything about that That kind of like Yeah, pre, but I, I hear you on after a certain point, all the bars right. about Magic Johnson. There's a lot of cool things about Magic Johnson. Him having AIDS is only one of them. <laughs> <laughs> And having the cure, apparently. Yeah, him uh, beating AIDS. Money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Um, there's another <laughs> another joint on there called uh, Bullshit, which I think is um, a little bit slept on in the sense it's where they have the closest kinship to the far side. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Bullshit. Where uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, literally, right? Like, yeah. it's almost uh, very similar, but yeah. it, it has this uh, one line, and we'll get into kind of our favorite bars, where it's like, I don't like big tits. Bullshit. <laughs> like, they're just saying things and then getting called on it. Totally. totally. I, I always love that line because I'm always like, wait, you don't like big tits? And this is, go, this is the group who developed their own slang for boobies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, they don't say it on this one. I think they brought that in on the next, on the next album. One. Yeah. yeah. Super um, funny. Yeah. Good times. Good song. Uh, let's talk about best three song sequence on this record. Um it's kind of cheesy to say, I guess. The the safe answer is the first three songs, but the first three songs are are pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, that was my pick for sure. Was um, it? The rest of them, there, there's kind of with the rest of them, there's kind of uh, some filler surrounding the bangers, just yeah. in the way that I'm thinking about this record. So I I think it, the clear answer is the first three. The songs. first three songs, which is Liquid featuring King T, Only When I'm Drunk, and then Last Call, which again, Dave. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> Should be the last song. <laughs> it's got to be. And and also I agree that's the best three song sequence for sure. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. And, uh, Perfectly Liquid placed. And only when I'm drunk did come out together on a twelve yes. inch. Yeah, yeah. So which they just they knew they had some hot shit with those. Yeah, and it kind of seems like they it it seems like they probably did those first and then had to like flesh out an album around it. And I think that's where you get a Mary Jane. I think that's the day <laughs> that you come into the thing and they're like, hey guys, let's not do alcohol today. I'm not enjoying this, we got? The, this Mary Jane hate. But, yeah. Uh. <laughs> what else we got? Um, so I, I feel like uh, we're we're in we're in unison on that one. Um, where does this where do the alcoholics rate amongst their contemporaries? We talked about we talked about Far Side, I think is a good corollary. When I hear this record, I actually hear a lot of um, like showbiz and AG. Type oh, shit. that's yeah. Well, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did showbiz Produce a track on here? Did not he? on, the, not on this one. Not on this oh, okay. one. Yeah, positive. Uh, Diamond D 
did stuff on the next record. Okay. But I'm, I have the credits right now. Okay. Here. I know that there was a DITC, uh, DITC connection. In, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so okay. they have that vibe of an LA group that had encyclopedic knowledge of the rap records that came before this. Oh, 100%. This, this is filled, like Nate said, with like all of these classic oh. breaks. And also like references, right? Like totally. even uh, they do like F R E S H French. You know, it's yeah. like there's tons of scratched in stuff from like Bismarcky yeah, records right. and totally. stuff like that. It's just very much classic production, classicist production. Totally. It, you uh, know, like how we talk about like um, rap. Um, there's a sort of sense of like living nostalgia when you hear some shit that you've heard a million times. And this yeah. album is like a pastiche. Yes. Of that, you know, it's like, oh, here's that Sly Stone stamp sample. Here's that yeah. Lynn Collins sample. Yeah. Totally. You know? and, and like stuff that's not that old. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, to me, I've always thought this, and we've talked about this a couple times on the pod. I think the al- I think of the Alcoholics as the West Coast Beat Nuts. Okay. So okay. When, when they teamed okay. up later to uh, form the most disgustingly named uh, group the of, right, the group of all time. Shut the, the Lick fuck Nuts. up. Yeah. There's a Lick Nuts project? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Sadly, yes. Uh, <laughs> not not uh, not when you would have wanted to hear it. Like, there, had their next album been produced or an EP produced by the yeah. Beat Nuts in '94, that would have been like the best okay. thing that was ever made. Okay. Um, so it's it's the very similar thing of like sure this intoxicated demon. Yeah, into- I'm with you. this yeah. rock solid, yeah. classic boom bap production with sick sample choices and like competent but not mind blowing rhymes. Well, it's it's a drunken yeah. this is a drunken cipher style. So when I hear when I hear the licks and the, the beat nuts uh, analogy is great. I hear a bunch of dudes uh, passing a bottle around kind of bullshitting kicking punchlines to entertain each other. Mm-hmm. This record has that like in droves. And I, so, I think the yeah. beat nuts are the better producers and the alcoholics are the, are the better, better MCs. Billion percent. But everyone is good at everything. Yeah, yeah. billion percent. Yeah, billion no, percent. That's that's uh that's very very the best beat nuts uh, production is better than the best alcoholics production. Yes. I think. Oh. Yes. Okay. No. I, and and a normal read. alcoholics line is better than the beat nuts best. Billion percent. <laughs> billion percent. Billion percent. Yeah. No. 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 The, <laughs> when, the beat nuts in in rapping, you'll you'll get no argument from me on yeah. that one. It, it's um, it's competent. It's passable. I've enjoyed it many times. But yeah. is it like quotable or great? Or did yeah. it teach me anything? No. Right. Right. Um, right. Psycho right. Less is quite the teacher. Um, Who was uh, also on this program? Yes. Yes. No. I, Shout I, out I, to I, Psycho Less. Uh, you should cycle more. He was super happy to be on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Um, all right. Favorite, favorite bars. I, I have a few. Uh, yeah. This is kind of. It's not like again when you repeat them back, you're not like oh totally. Like the whole cipher it was, is gonna it was like so explode, hard. and right. this is not like Project Glo- Blow kind of right. Sure, rapping, sure. right? It's a different part of LA, but this did teach me an important fact that I still use to this day. He's like, uh, "Call me the Dookie Man because I'm the shit. Can't you smell, son? I got more freaks than Prince Rogers Nelson." <laughs> I always remember Prince's full name because Same. of that. Ah, nice. Same. In a pre-internet world, that's what you had. Totally. And I remember doing the same thing going like, is that his fucking name? Yeah, totally. It's actually yeah. a really cool name. Yeah. Prince yeah. is a sick name to be a one-named person, but like Rogers is a very interesting Totally. And totally. it makes him seem more human. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Um, uh, I've always yeah. liked this one too. And again, like you guys are going to be like, what are you, in third grade? You think this is so great? But it's like, he's like, and it's kind of the delivery. It's like there's a little right. like melody to right. it. He's like, I never wear dreads because dreads is full oh, of the Rastas. The alcoholic crew was straight knocking out impostas. And I'm like, that's a very solid line. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see yeah. it coming from the lined paper to the booth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's I'm, I'm, these are seven out of ten rhymes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in an early 90s kind of punchy, um, it's like you do that dance. You do the East Coast stomp while you do it. Um, no, it makes perfect sense. Those are. 
Those are uh, very, very quotable lines for the time. Dave? All right. Well, the one that stuck out in my head is, is, is a very almost unremarkable one. Um, it's a want to get up but can't move feels like I'm stuck in a groove what the fuck was I trying to prove <laughs> and like so unremarkable but so been there and this album didn't come to me until a couple years later after it dropped so 93 I was in eighth grade yeah probably listening to this when I was a sophomore okay and that was when I kind of first started fucking around with alcohol and weed you sure. know and you know would pound 540s and be like it's 200 ounces and Jesus. like like what am I trying to prove type How are you shit here now? <laughs> But shit like that. Did you ever yes. do that thing yes. where you, they, they they would duct tape forties to your hands? Edward forty Edward hands. Edward forty hands. I did not. I did okay. not. But Edward forty hands. <laughs> you don't know about this? <laughs> Holy fucking shit! This Why? might be some white boy shit. Yeah, totally. This I grew up in Santa Clara. I grew up in Santa Clara. It's the dumbest shit. I can't it, believe it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah. My God, that is that is fucking frightening. I, I had um, a running bit when I was younger of if it was somebody's birthday and I was hella broke, I would just buy them a, like the cheapest 40 yeah. I could. It's like we'd be at like an adult wine drinking party and I would bring them a King Cobra. <laughs> and in many cases, it was welcomed like with open arms. Absolutely. Like it was like it kind of like nostalgic. But totally. That age anymore. And I've never actually been around anyone doing this, but I think it's like kind of like a crazy urban legend. And I know people who have done it and like, I mean, I, we've all drank a forty, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You get of course. Up. Oh, totally. Like, you, you get drunk. You get drunk. You can get drunk yeah. for two fifty or how? Right. I don't know how much it costs 179. now. One seventy nine, dude. Back then, one seventy nine. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like forties are are an era, right? It's like a it's like a phase. I I remember my last one. <laughs> I remember that very very vividly. The yeah. old old English eight hundred. That, right, uh, me and Worldwide drank ironically. Right, maybe four or five years after you stopped doing shit right. like that, and we're like, oh, let's let's get fucked up like the old days, right? Yeah, uh, mistakes. Totally, a really bad totally. mistake. Um, When's the last time you guys had a Mickey's? Ooh, the uh, nineties. This, this is so random. Not not that late because uh, do you remember Emmy's Spaghetti Shack? Of course, it's like a me, hipster. Me, so you still live right above it. Um, in the yes, yeah. um, in the Mission District yeah, in San Francisco. To, that was like a very common date night spot for me in the like the 2010s yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so they one of their shticks was they had they would serve pretty decent pasta mm-hmm. and like garlic bread and like red checkered tablecloth italian food that was decent yeah and mickey's grenades yeah and totally it, it's like they totally. we also have a um soul food restaurant around here called um jackie's place and it's had a couple of different names they serve grape kool-aid yeah and like i don't drink mickey's grenades i don't drink grape kool-aid but if you have it on the menu hey. i'm 100 yeah, totally, totally. it. It's, i feel the same way about both of them and that's and why it's at there both of them my wife is like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah. you're an adult so the last it's time i had a mickey's was at emmy's on a date with lucia before we got married Okay. Yeah. Just to let her know what she was getting into. Yes. Uh, it's just like, and I'm driving home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which brings us to my, one of my favorite lines um, uh, off of the Alcoholics 21 and over. Uh, J. Rose says, I don't drink and drive because I might spill my drink. <laughs> yes. I guarantee he's done Edward Forty Hands. Yes. In a pre-Uber world, that was a oh, that was that's a, hilarious. That was a hell of that's a hilarious. hell of a statement. Um, so we don't have like a five mic rating system or or any rating system really, and we've had like five plus years. Well, because on the yaw man na scale, it would be a yaw for sure. Right. <laughs> right. Yaw, bra. Um, I, I let's let's look at it this way. If of the things that uh, that came out in that era, um, how well has the alcoholics aged? Mm. 
I think they've aged appropriately, and by appropriately, I mean like people like us who like the album, who go who go back to it. I think it really captures a sense of fun, and it's not like fucking gross. You know what I mean? Like there are certain other albums which we'll get to where when yeah, we, when we totally. listen to back, and I'm like, yep. fuck this shit. Yeah, um, I'm not hating this at all. It's a very fun album. I think it's really solid. I have a question to back to you. Sorry mm-hmm. to answer a question with a question, but I thought about this while I was listening to it, and I really want to know what you guys think. Would this be more acclaimed if it was an underground album? Oh. Like, like if it was like three guys you've never heard of that got like rediscovered. Probably. Well, you know what I'm saying? Probably. Um. Uh, uh, t- uh, yeah. Like probably. it's on loud. It was. It had right. videos. It's, right. That makes it kind of okay. It's better than okay. It's good. Yeah, it's it really is good. good. Right. But. Right. If you just discovered this when you're like some random rap shit, you'd be like, fuck, this is good. These beats are really good. These guys are so funny. Totally. Why don't more people know about this? I feel like it would have more mystique. I think that's totally true. Okay. But, you know, mystique is like built upon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess to your point then, yeah. That is definitely. that's an interesting. If no experiment. one's heard of this until like some weird reissue in two thousand one, yeah, you know what? That's what I'm saying. What I is think, this? I think it would be like, oh my god, these guys were great, but because they were not celebrated, but they're just part of the hip hop ecosystem at the time right, in a way right. that was like, I don't, I don't, I'm having trouble landing on exactly what I mean, but I think you guys kind of get. I, what I'm no, saying. I know where you're going. The mystique thing, I think, definitely sums it up, and I know that for groups of that time. Um, this was still in the era where trying to get a major label deal was the objective of most people. And, so, and, they, and they succeeded. Yeah, right, they succeeded right, in right. it. And because of that, they have um, – it's pretty widespread. And it's to me, it feels like one of those things where if you were into it, if you were of that time, if you came of age within that two- to three-year span, you definitely know who the alcoholics totally, are. Totally. If, totally. Uh, if you come along a couple years later – not so much, and I think that's to your point. It the 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 way it's aged is not so much like wine. Um, <laughs> uh, the way it's aged has been influenced by the fact that this was one of many major re- label releases at that time. We'll get into some of the other things that came out on Loud in '93. I mean, it's a huge, <laughs> huge year for releases. But I think um, I, I think you landed on, it and I, I I think the question I should have asked, and maybe we'll ask this in subsequent um, retrospectives, is of its time or timeless. And what I'm hearing is That's interesting. Of, mm. it, of its time. Kind of kind of I did enjoy it though and I've changed, yeah, right? right? And like right. the alcoholics don't change. I think they're really good craftsmen. I think they're a really good hip hop group. I think my tolerance hey. for hearing about a bunch of people like <laughs> obliterating their liver has kind of changed. I'm not a, I'm not a prude. I've drank no, until I mean, very it's even recently. For them. But right, it's right. like I'm like okay. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Part but but the bangers still bang. Yeah. Totally. The the really good songs are still really good. I do think there's a little filler as you put it and I do think it is not subject matter I'm going to spend a ton of time with. After we put this episode to bed, this might be the last time I listen to this for a long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, absolutely. And, I, totally. and I hadn't listened to it with before we kind of uh, formulated yeah. this, this like thing. We have to so. make room for other shit. Right. Yeah. Well, part of the reason why we like it is because it's so on brand, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's probably a part of the reason why it holds them back. I was thinking yeah. about this because I weirdly got to Damone's house before Damone today, and so I was sitting <laughs> in my car listening to this. That's not weird culturally. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> 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 um, the the alcoholics arrive fully formed. 
Yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. have been who they are from actually. They, it goes before this because of the King T song yeah. we talked about right. at the beginning. Yeah. But from the very first second of Liquid, which is the first thing on this album, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Right. And they just right. kept delivering that for like f- at least four more. Totally. I think the next two are still really good. That one that looks like Jimi Hendrix where it's credited to the licks, which we talked about, I think is not that good of a record. Sure, sure. But it's yeah. like they there's something to be said for that. That's, oh, absolutely. That's, I, I'm saying that in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, they're they're of the great concept groups of, of the day. You had Gravediggers, concept. Like right. they lean. It, it was a time of leaning into heavy concept. Yeah. Uh, they did it. They did it as good as anybody that was doing that type of thing at that time. Um, and I think yeah, it does. It still merits a listen. I just think you have to put on your 1993 your beer headphones. goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I think uh, nice. It, it, <laughs> another thing I was thinking about when we were talking about this is it's a time when boobap was fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And boobap yeah. was party music. Totally, totally. I, I, I miss that. I love that. That's yeah. my culture. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Totally. We were talking about this earlier about like the, the beats, too. It's like such a celebration of all the um, wonderful East Coast shit that we heard totally. four yeah. years earlier. Yeah. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't ancient, but they were, it students. Wasn't. They were students of it, and totally. I think they, they reflected it in a great way. La, let's round out this episode by going to Nate's Vinyl Corner. Nate's Vinyl Corner. As I mentioned, I don't have the record in front of me, but I do have doubles of the 12-inch. This is a very classic 12-inch. It's exactly what you would want. It's two of the best songs on the record. Each one has a radio edit, an album version, an instrumental, and an acapella. And I'm super stoked to have it, and I will be buying a copy of the of 21, uh, and, 21 over. and over even if i have mine i'll give it to someone or whatever but it's about a 20 to 60 dollar record right now okay um it there are plenty of copies were printed it is readily available yeah. on discogs it's not a rare record it's yeah. a record that is desired by heads yeah and it's it, it doesn't have the the cachet of something that was a little bit more underground or a little bit more slept on at the time it was yep. sufficiently popular so as not to be rare now and even in the time where all records are kind of expensive like 60 is nothing for like a, yeah a, you know it's it wouldn't meet like a rare record that's 40 40s if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but um they they were a group that was very much of that time they're a collectible group for me okay i have a i have several different um alcoholics records and 12 inches and stuff and i i, I will use this term for one final time um they were craftsmen and like i li- sitting and listening to the e-swift productions in headphones without the the rhyming you hear little like you know little yeah. not show offy but little yeah. little tricks of the trade mm-hmm. and i i do think the guys um attack in the way you guys have heard mm-hmm. me talk about this now mm-hmm. for five years i i love when people enter a verse with some boisterousness and like yeah. say funny shit up right off rip right. Yep, and right, like they right they the like, yeah they just come out the gates swinging uh-huh. and they have really good chemistry and th- that these are very good records Absolutely. Um, and we encourage folks, if you aren't familiar, to get familiar with the Alcoholics 21 and over. This has been a dead bod rap pod retrospective. Stay tuned. We'll be doing more retrospective episodes about all the great albums that came out 30 years ago in 19. That's depressing. Ninety three. Dead by rap pod. Watch me get loose, the 
nigga flipping most styles, then Snapple got juice, cause I'm too hot to handle, got more soul with my pinky, than a nigga picking his apple when a leopard skin I see, it, yes it's the rhyming with the bottle, kicking it with my homie like Lamont do with Rollo, live at the Apollo, they still couldn't do it, cause even in New York, the food be buzzing off the fluid, so testing, testing, two, testing, too much OE, I make it beat, as you can see I am the alcoholic, tipsy off the whiskey, yeah. Never nappy like Nipsey. I didn't grow threads, cause dreads is for the rosters. The alcoholic click straight, knocking out imposters. Got the road deep like ants at a picnic. Kick with the crew that's flowing like liquid. Oh, yeah.